Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, and this is Monster Mondays, presented to you by Film Seizure. Now, I believe I've teased that there would be something pretty special to close out this month of Japanese monsters. And here we are. House, or as it is said in Japanese, Haosu. Or, as it is said in the movie's trailer and at the beginning of the movie, Haosu was the brainchild of Nobuhiko Obayashi. But to specifically call it his is a bit misleading. But to use the word child in the term brainchild is not. So get this. Jaws gets released in 1975 and is a Super Smash mega hit. Yes? Well, our friends over there in Japan, Toho, decide that they want something similar for themselves. They pass down the, the proposition to first-time director Obayashi to develop a script similar to that of Jaws. So Obayashi goes home and thinks about it thinks more on it, and then he goes to his preteen daughter, Chigumi. He wanted to see what she thought about because, as he would say, adults only really think about what they understand on some dull, boring human level. Children, on the other hand, come up with things that are truly unexplainable. Many of Chigumi's wild ideas ended up in the final product. But Obayashi also pulled from his daughter's fears, both everyday common ones as well as deep psychological ones to incorporate into the story as well. But there's more. Obayashi was born in Hiroshima, and he was born there in 1938. So when Hiroshima was the target of a nuclear strike in World War II, he lost all of his childhood friends. He used that as inspiration for the spirit of a woman who awaits her lover's return from World War II. The woman's own bitterness and hatred for the world turns her into this vengeful spirit that devours young girls unaffected by the horrors of the previous generations. He turned to his friend Chido Katsura, uh, someone that he had previously worked with uh, in some other ways, to write a, uh, the script and credited Chigumi with the story credit. Now, interestingly, the film didn't get reviewed very much in Japan, and when it did, it didn't get very positive reaction. However, when it came over to America, the American audiences reacted very positively to it. Now, there were mixed reviews, for sure, with the Village Voices review from Michael Atkinson actually calling it, quote, a retarded hybrid of Rocky Horror and Whispering Corridors, unquote. Now, I doubt that he or anybody else could say that today, but whatever. One thing was very true, regardless of how the uh, film's actual quality was seen in the eyes of critics, most everyone agrees that the experience of the film is quite special. What's most interesting about the reception is that despite Japanese critics upon the release of House not really caring much for the film, Obayashi did win the Blue Ribbon Award for the film in 1978. And the Blue Ribbon Award is given by Japanese critics. So I, I guess it did eventually find its audience. And Obayashi uh, actually had quite the talent for The Strange and Bizarre. House was his first film. But before then, he had gained notoriety for experimental films and uh, had a career that turned into being an exceptionally popular uh, creator of ads. And he had a series of really, really famous commercials starring well-known American actors and stars. So using everything he knew about surrealism, trick photography, quick hit, almost skit-like scenes, transitioning from one to the next, 
House became something quite different for the first-time director. And in the decades that followed, he did gain a considerable amount of mainstream success, winning several awards. His final film, Hanagatami, was released in 2017 and was shot after he was only given a few months to to live. It was a passion project and completed a thematic trilogy of anti-war films, and it was released to considerable acclaim. Now, Obayashi did succumb to lung cancer in April of 2020. Now, House is the story of a girl named Gorgeous, and she's named so because of her beauty. And she goes to her aunt's home for a summer vacation with six of her friends. And these friends are Prof, a smart girl, Melody, a musically inclined girl, Fantasy, a daydreamer, Mac, a gluttonous girl who is always hungry, Sweet, a really, really nice and obviously sweet girl, and Kung Fu, who I assume is just Chuck Norris in a Japanese schoolgirl's outfit. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kung Fu is the sporty one. So we basically have the Spice Girls plus the one who likes to eat. Gorgeous is only going to her aunt's because she had a plan for her vacation with her widowed father. But when her father reveals that he has a new fiancé, he upsets uh gorgeous and she feels that he has kind of betrayed the memory of her mother now it's really interesting in this because this movie uh, has a lot to do with love in various different ways um gorgeous is just utterly in love with her parents misses her mother dearly but her heart is broken by her father when he reveals that he's going to be bringing this new woman into her life feeling that he has betrayed the memory of her mother the person that she really loves more than anything else each of her friends have various loves for what it is that they do one's sporty one loves to eat one loves music one loves science and 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 being smart and and using logic and stuff like that so and of course her aunt is somebody who is heartbroken over the loss of her lover. So it's it's really this <laughs> this very deep dive into the various ways that somebody could love something uh, and and different people. So it's it's already like shown how much love means to gorgeous when she goes from being um, being devoted to her father to finding out that he has a new lover in his life to actually saying that she hates him. Uh, So it's it's really, really fascinating. But Gorgeous is also visited by a mysterious white cat as well, which she names Blanche. Whenever she is communicating with her aunt, the cat is there. Gorgeous hasn't seen her aunt since she was six. Her mother and her aunt were very close, but there was tragedy in their lives. Her aunt was to marry a man who would become the head of a hospital but he was drafted into World War II, and he died. This made Gorgeous's aunt sad and bitter as she waited forever for her lover to return from the war. When they get to the town that her family's mansion is in, a street-vending watermelon salesman ominously says that there hasn't been visitors for a long time. That does beg the question to whom he is selling watermelons to, but I digress. When the girls get to the mansion... They are greeted by Auntie, 
who is in a wheelchair and so very happy to see the seven young girls. When the girls pose for a picture, the mysterious white cat's eyes sparkle green and suddenly cause the girl's camera to fly up into the air and fall and break. Inside the house, the place isn't exactly in the greatest of shape. It's dusty, dirty, full of cobwebs, and a chandelier that drops crystals to try to kill things, like a little lizard. But it tries to drop something on the kung fu, but she karate kicks the crystals away. It's kind of awesome. Everything that, that kung fu does in this movie is fucking awesome. But after dinner on the first night, Mac goes out to the well to retrieve her watermelon that she bought from the vendor, but she goes missing. Fantasy goes to the well where Mac's watermelon was kept, and instead of the watermelon in the bucket, it's Mac's head. And then it begins to fly around on its own and bites Fantasy on the butt. Auntie goes to check it out, and suddenly she can walk because the girls gave her energy. In fact, after Sweet goes missing and Kung Fu fights off pieces of chopped wood that come to life, Auntie is soon seen eating human hands and dancing with an animated skeleton and suddenly becomes rejuvenated and much less sad looking. Soon, Gorgeous has a vision of her aunt in a mirror and sees the visage crack and break apart, including herself. Melody and Sweet are heard, are heard screaming by Kung Fu, Prof, and Fantasy. This is actually a really, really hard to describe, but awesome segment of the movie. The house begins splitting the girls up. Fantasy originally finds Sweet after she's attacked by mattresses in a room. In another room, Kung Fu and Prof deal with Melody, who is bitten by the piano. They go to see what Fantasy is talking about, and Melody gives them this kind of strange, almost demonic look. Then Fantasy is separated from the other two again, but only because Melody is screaming for and asking for toilet paper in the outhouse. It's such a little thing, but it breaks the girls apart, making it hard for all of them to have seen and experienced the same thing at the same time. It's a sequence that puts you on the edge of your seat without actually doing anything but making you think something terrible will or should happen to the characters. In time, it's revealed that Gorgeous is possessed and she leaves the house, but it causes Prof, Melody, Kung Fu, and Fantasy to be trapped and locked inside the house. This is when things really start to go off the rails. The girls assume that the house is set up with a device to automatically close doors for Auntie since she lives alone and somewhat decrepit. They find one of Mac's hands in a jar, but they don't realize that it belongs to her yet. While Melody plays a tune associated with the house, the girls hear Gorgeous singing. Prof and Kung Fu go up to find Gorgeous, uh while Fantasy realizes something is a little odd with Melody when she won't stop playing the music, speak, or even look at her friend. The two girls upstairs see Gorgeous dressed like a traditional Japanese bride, while Melody has her fingers eaten by the piano before she is completely and totally devoured by it. But she's blissfully devoured by it, too. It's really, really odd. Like It's almost like she's also possessed by the house. Upstairs, Kung Fu sees Sweet inside the grandfather clock being ground up by the gears. It's really kind of striking to see like the blood squirting over the gears and everything. It's, it's just a, it's a cool shot. 
Prof and Kung Fu realize that they, along with Fantasy, are the only ones left and they have to work together to survive. They realize that Gorgeous is, she's not even really alive any longer. Sure enough, Gorgeous appears to them and tells them that she's in her aunt's world now. You see, Auntie's been dead for a while. She has been able to still appear alive because whenever unmarried girls come to the house, she eats them. But all the local young girls are gone now. That's why she was so excited for her niece and friends to come visit. After Kung Fu has a fight with the house and, uh, and you know, gorgeous herself <laughs> prof it's a really hard movie to describe because it's so visual and so weird but prof realizes that it's the painting of the cat blanche that needs to be destroyed it's somehow powering everything that's going on there now kung fu is killed but her severed legs do kick the painting which causes blood to spew from it which starts flooding the house just as prof starts to figure it all out from auntie's diary the house comes for her, too, and drowns her in Blanche's blood. Fantasy is the only one remaining, with Gorgeous basically fully given over to the house and Auntie. Believing it all just to be one of her daydreams, Fantasy is last seen sleeping peacefully on Gorgeous's bosom. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, obviously. there's. It's really, really hard to find the actual like through-line narrative of this movie. Uh, it's just a lot of things that happen, but every scene is really, really complicated due to the multitude of characters and the various things that the house does. There are multiple things going on in every single shot. I didn't even discuss how their teacher and the object of fantasy's crushes uh, was unable to join the girls on the first day and was lost and therefore could never arrive to help. He's seen later in his car turned into a pile of bananas, essentially, at the watermelon stand that's outside the, on the outskirts of the, of the mansion's property. Now, Gorgeous is visited at the end at, uh, at the house by her father's new fiance. When the two girls shake hands, Gorgeous burns the woman to nothing. And man, I mean, this is just a wild movie. And, and, you know, let's get to my three things I like about Obayashi's house. And I'll have to be careful not to list off more than three things and break my own show's rule because this is an amazing movie. I mean, it's it's bizarre. It's trippy. It's very um, it's just very strange. But it's a, it's an experience to watch. First off, uh, this movie looks unlike any other movie from the late 70s. In some ways, it utilizes light and color like Suspiria. In other ways, it uses artificial settings like painted sunsets and obvious sets meant to double for outdoor locations. One of the ways that this movie can be described is as a stream of consciousness bedtime story or a dream committed to film. And both would be extremely accurate. Obayashi knows how to play with imagery from his time as a commercial guy. He also has a keen eye for editing effects that almost feel like it almost makes the movie feel like something that would have fit back in the 50s as well. When we meet Gorgeous's friends, there you know there's this rocking soundtrack and lots of quick cut close-ups to focus on what they're saying. There are filmed elements mixed in with animated ones. It's like 
the closest thing to a popsicle in film form, if that can possibly make any sense. And speaking of a popsicle, let's get to my second thing that I like about this movie. The movie starts so sweet and innocent and happy. As soon as they get to Auntie's house, things start to turn mysterious, dark, and spooky. Auntie herself seems curiously very pleased to have the girls in the house. There's a spooky, chiming grandfather clock that at first no one can seem to find where it's coming from. And it's as if the bell is tolling for each of these girls. Um, you know, there are literal skeletons in closets. There's a, the poofy white cat has special powers. It's like a dream until it's not. There's a head in the well. Auntie has an eyeball in her mouth. Water turns the blood. A piano eats a girl, and her disembodied fingers continue playing music. The girls are killed and mutilated one by one. It goes from a haunting dream to a sweet nightmare during the course of this movie. Now, thirdly, the eight main characters, the seven girls and Auntie, are completely and totally fascinating. This is a movie that can be best described as a fully realized concept with characters that are exceptionally developed with hardly any wasted screen time devoted to developing them. Auntie's pain of losing her lover is interwoven into how Gorgeous tells a story and how her six friends receive that information and react to it. Each individual schoolgirl is given her, you know, their own skits to play within. Um, you know, whenever you see more than one of the girls interacting, they are still spinning in their own orbits, but interacting with the other girls' orbits. I do wonder how much of it was scripted or how difficult it was to find the right girls to play the right parts, and what did each girl bring to the movie herself? This was mostly made up of amateur actors, so I am curious... Uh, what is from the script, the character descriptions, the director, and the actresses themselves. What's even more interesting is that we're seeing these girls dealing with this horror, but they are still sweet and for a good long while in the movie, still jovial. And I don't even know if I can say that even after the shit hits the fan that they aren't still somewhat jovial. I guess to a certain extent, once they are taken by the house, they are made happy again because I guess they're part of the house. It's, it's just a total trip from start to finish. Everything used to make the movie makes it a truly unique movie and a horror movie that never once takes itself overly serious while still dealing with very serious themes. It's just a great movie and a fascinating movie and um it it just plays on your senses and it plays on you know these wonderfully realized characters it's just a great movie so that wraps up this week's monster mondays don't forget to check out new episodes of film seizure every wednesday and a new installment of monster mondays each monday on filmseizure.com as well as places where fine podcasts are found like soundcloud apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher TuneIn, and spotify Additionally, hop on over to Facebook and Twitter to follow us by just searching for Film Seizure. And you can also check out new posts at my website, bmovieinema.com, each and every Friday morning. So until next week, stay spooky. <laughs>